Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 86 of How Do You Write? Today, I have Tessa Dare with me. Uh, After I announced that on the last podcast, a couple of people messaged me and said, what? Yes, she is one of my favorite, favorite writers. Um, She writes historical romance and it is fantastic and you're going to love the inspiring interview with her. Um, I was truly honored to be able to talk to her and we had a great time. So uh, I also want to say in a personal update, this seems obvious, but thank you so much for all of the support you gave me um, from last week's episode on my coming out essentially episode. Uh, I heard from a lot of people about um, their own addictions and uh, sharing support. And um, I also got a few, more than a few people saying, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That must have been so hard for you. And and you know what? It, it was hard at the time, but um, I get the impression that some of these people are feeling sorry for me now. And I want to say firmly that this is true. I have this, and it sounds cheesy, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have never been happier. It's (laughs) it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, To top that off, uh, since quitting drinking and using, um, I've been running. I added running in. And I forgot that that kind of physical exercise is such an endorphin dopamine boost as well that on the days I run I am insufferable I am not even going to tell you about how good I feel because uh, I am irritated with myself at how you know I, I should I just have like bluebirds flying around my head right now um I'm I'm super thrilled I'm scared and all of that kind of stuff um because you know I'm scared of slips and all of the things I said last week but overall I just wanted to thank you for being freaking awesome. I knew you would be. Uh, but to have that um, come true is uh, wonderful. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. In uh, business news, I'm about to finish that thriller revision I've been working on. Thank you, God. I'm hoping to finish it on the plane or in Chicago this weekend. I'm going to be at the Selmore Books Summit in Chicago, uh, where my uh, co-host for the pedal and the, the pedal to the metal, Jay Thorne, and I will be doing a live podcast on Friday night, and then we've got presentations all day Saturday, Sunday. I am very much looking forward to that. I love the city of Chicago. I wish I had a little bit more time there, but um, when I come home... I'm going to be able to stay home for a while. I don't think I have to actually travel again until August, and it is May now, so that is going to be fantastic. May is my month of gardening. You know, I'm doing this uh, challenge where I try something new every month, and I think about it, and I write about it, Um, and I have been looking forward to the gardening month because I want an excuse just to spend all my extra time trying to make a garden grow, literally. Uh, right now we are redoing the, um, uh, re-mulching the backyard because, you know, we live in Oakland. We live above a creek 
and the weeds flourish like you would not even know. There, there. I have weeds out there right now that are as tall as I am, and I'm five five. So uh, we've done half of the yard. We did this, and I say we, but it was actually my wife, did this probably eight years ago where you put down the cardboard, you smother the weeds, and then you pile mulch on top. We are using an acacia tree that fell in our backyard, and uh, we had the, the wood choppers um, chop it up and put it in our driveway. So we have this big pile of mulch in our driveway we have for weeks. Um, but pretty soon it'll all be in the backyard, um, the last time we did this, the weeds didn't grow back for four or five years. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to look really nice. Uh, I'm going to try and put in some real flower gardens. I do every year a vegetable garden, which I love. Uh, real small kind of square foot gardening, or I've done the, the straw bales as well. Um, but I want flowers. I want flowers that I can bring in the house. So I've been doing a lot of reading and thinking about that. That'll be fun. Um, I guess that's not really work-related. But the only work-related things right now are getting the, re the revision off my table and going to Chicago. So uh, I did just send out the last Patreon essay about travel and finding joy in travel by using the anticipation we feel about it. So that just went out. Thank you to all my Patreon subscribers. Um, it means the world to me. I have two new patrons this week. I'd like to thank Anna Sandal and Janet Kitto. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. Uh, you can always join the Patreon and get access to all of the 16 essays that are there um, at patreon.com slash Rachel and know that I appreciate it with all my heart. So let us now jump into the interview with Tessa. You are going to be delighted and um thank you for listening thank you for being a part of this and i wish you very happy writing get some writing done this week okay hit me up on facebook or twitter or email and tell me all about it i'd love to hear okay take care hey writers i've opened up some coaching slots i'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as i'm working on my own books but i am doing one-offs i call them tune-ups tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better or a polite ass kicking if that's what you need and ask for. Plus you'll get an mp3 audio recording or mp4 video, your choice of our chat so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com slash coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now on to the interview. All right. Well, today I am so pleased. I could not be more pleased to welcome Tessa Dare to the show. Hello, Tessa. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh my gosh. We have been compatriots in the writing world, but really what this is, is an opportunity for me to fangirl because I okay. love your books. <laughs> I oh, love them. So nice I have this thing where I, you know what? I honestly don't always read that much romance because it makes me nervous about writing my own. Um, if it's in my category, but I don't ever write historical. So, so, you know, like it's like you and Sherry Thomas. And, and I, like, I completely hear you. And I, 
sometimes prefer to read contemporaries for the same reason. Exactly. So you don't have to think about the the job. Let me give you a quick introduction for the very few who don't know who you are. Um, Tessa Dare is the New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of 14 historical romance novels and five novellas. Her books have won numerous accolades, including Romance Writers of America's prestigious Rita Award twice and the RT Book Review Seal of Excellence. Booklist Magazine named her one of the stars of historical romance and her books have been contracted for translation in more than a dozen languages. A librarian by training and a book lover at heart, Tessa makes her home in Southern California where she lives with her husband, their two children, and a trio of cosmic kitties. Welcome again. Thank you. (laughs) And you're also, let's point out, you're also on the board of RWA. I am. I am yeah. on. I'm on the local board. I've said. I have said this mm-hmm. to Priscilla um, Oliveris the other day. Um, I'm on the local board, which just. I love her. Uh, she's so great. Oh my god, I love her, and um and I don't know how you guys do it because just keeping up with that email volume at the local small level, I don't know how you do it and get anything else done. Um, you know, <laughs> I think you'd be surprised that uh, being a local chapter officer, I know, is is a huge amount of work as well because I was on my local board, never in a, a president or yeah. uh, executive capacity but it's it's a tremendous amount of work as well and you actually do a quite quite a bit of it in person whereas for the uh, national board it's almost all done online so oh, which is the way we prefer as writers <laughs> Yeah, oh, well, but it actually has been a great experience and this is my last year I'll be terming out um, and it's overall been a fantastic experience even through the challenging parts I've met so many people that I admire and yeah. uh, I'm glad to know and uh, it's been just a great experience. Oh that's very cool and let me officially thank you for performing that service because we really appreciate all of you at that level. It is an honor, as they say. That is really the truth. That's cool. It is an honor. Well, let's jump into talking about your process because you are prolific. You just, you just bang, bang, bang. The the books come out. You really do. You just keep them coming. So I would love to know about your writing process. What, you know, when do you write? Where do you write? All of that good stuff. That's really nice of you to say that they keep coming because I feel like the slowest writer in romance right now. Well, that's because everybody else is writing 16 books a year. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) The pace has picked up tremendously and Uh, I'm writing like one and a half books a year and I just feel like But they're steady. They're steady. A lot of the people I see burning out and stopping after eight books in a year, you know? I I can only imagine that if I wrote eight books in a year, I would have to spend eight the next eight years in a dark, quiet cave. I know, me too. And, me too. But anyway, my hat is off to people who can do it. Some people really can can write a lot mm-hmm. much more quickly than I can, and great for them. Um, so anyway, my process. I actually have been. It's never, I've never been somebody who has a very good routine, um, although I probably should. I have recently this year actually leased an official out of the house office with a friend of mine who is also a writer, Brenna Aubrey. She writes contemporary romance. Definitely check her out. Um, Will do. She, yeah, she writes a geeky, um, gamery, slanted contemporary romance. I'm in. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. So, we rent an office together and then I go there while my son is in school and 
um, able to have a little bit more of a routine as to having some dedicated hours for work. And we do not have Wi-Fi there. Oh, purposely. dreamy. Yeah. There's <laughs> the phone. Yeah, that's so true. You can find little tricks to work around the phone, too. <laughs> Our new favorite is the Forest app. Um, if you've never seen this, it's I think they have it for iPad, too. It's say an app where it you grow little trees on the app. You tell it how long you want to work, like thirty minutes or something. And you, you, uh, there's different trees you can unlock. So you click, you know, plant the maple tree or whatever it is for thirty minutes. And then if you switch away from that app to any other app on your phone, the tree dies. So that is brilliant. <laughs> 30 minutes and you get this cute little tree in your forest and if you don't you have this dead <laughs> which is worse than no tree because you killed it it's terrible so i'm I, so getting that it's really really good um it's really good motivation for me. And then you can kind of look back and see, oh, look at all my trees or whoever thought of that. Trees. Yeah. I don't, that must've been a writer. Like it can't have been like a tech bro. That was, that was a writer saying, what would I want to see? I, I possibly, possibly, I, I agree. <laughs> That's amazing. So now, um, do you write with a word count or is it more of a time that your butt's in the chair? Um, different days, whatever it takes to kind of get over it. I try not to work too much by word count because I find it discouraging mostly. Mm. I, I personally um, would rather just, I, I like to look back and say, okay, I accomplished that. So if I, if whether it's just, you know, writing, sketching out a scene or typing up something that I have drafted by hand, I do a lot of hand drafting. Or um, when you say hand drafting, is it like just your thoughts on paper? Or is it actual first drafts hitting the page by pen? Actual rough drafts wow. um, in a notebook. Yeah, so old school. I love it though. <laughs> so I somehow my brain works better that way. I have a lot of fear and doubt in my writing process, unfortunately, and it gets me very not blocked, but it has me a hamster on a wheel a lot of the time, kind of spinning my wheels and second guessing my plots, and so. I find it easier to write in a notebook because it feels like less pressure. Mm -hmm. um, I always have a notebook of the moment and I just keep them going and then switch it up by different um, designs and things to keep myself interested. And um, I carry it everywhere and then I will write very rough drafts, you know, like fast, messy, mostly dialogue and a little bit of action. And then when I come to type them on the computer, I try to tell myself that I'm stenographer, like I'm typing up somebody else's words. And nice. inevitably I flesh it out as I type it up. But yeah. that way it kind of, it removes the pressure for me, for, for me in a strange way. It's, it's trying to get myself around the fright of the blank page. I love know, that. The writing can, the hand drafting can be imperfect. It's supposed to be messy. And then the typing is just typing. And then hopefully that, that gets some words on the page. I love that. And then you're into revision, which for me is my happy place. Yeah, so. it's it's happy and sad. I, I don't always write. You know, <laughs> it's happy, but it can be crazy making for me because I don't always write in order. So I oh. end up with all of these scenes that I have to somehow 
patch into this crazy quilt of a book. But I'm basically, I'm a terrible role model. No <laughs> one should ever look at my process too closely or attempt to emulate it in any way. I am always trying to do the reverse, emulate other people. I don't, I don't believe that though, because you said, you know, that you don't have so much of a process and maybe you should get one at the beginning of the show. It seems like that is your process is to never have a routine process but it's working for you well, so eventually <laughs> so what is your biggest joy in in writing or the writing life um well my biggest joy is when the book comes out yeah yeah <laughs> because even though it's a nerve-wracking time I also um it's when you finally get to to see your book go into the hands of readers and, yeah. and hear what they thought of it, which parts I particularly, I write a lot of humor. Yeah, so do. for me, it's a relief when the book comes out and I can hear or know that people laughed at my jokes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know if what will make you laugh makes anyone else laugh. It's very subjective, humor is. And That's funny. You're telling, a, you're telling a joke and then you're waiting for the laughter. Like, yeah, 18 months. A year. <laughs> Exactly. To see if, if people laughed. It's like being, you know, a comic on a stage and just, you know, at one end of a very long pipeline, just kind of waiting a light year away to hear <laughs> the laughter coming back. That's awesome. So, I like that part. And what is Hopefully your, if they laugh, which usually somebody does. Your books are hilarious. And you have that. You have that just perfect, you have perfect timing when it comes to humor too. Just, just spot on timing. So oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> what the is your cadence of it really is the hardest that's, thing to nail, I find. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am much better at making people cry. Oh, well. And I do love that. That's another kind of that's, challenge. Everybody that's what I wait for. For a different reason. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need a good cry. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to laugh. Yeah. On, on, on you know, release day, that's what I'm checking Twitter for. Is Who's the first person to cry? Oh. <laughs> when they meet you at signing I have never had that happen have you had that maybe like once or twice and then and I don't know what I would do just there was somebody you know maybe a few like misty but there was only one person that really just cried and and I <laughs> I made her pose for a picture with me because I said I know you're all messy and crying but this is like the highlight of my life hell right yes <laughs> She, was, she kept apologizing, and I kept saying, no, you don't know how long I've waited. It was the most wonderful thing. So That's my new life goal, seriously. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, out, like, onion. I know, onion, I know. And, and special. Chopped onion on and I'll, <laughs> I'll get, like, swag Kleenex with my name on. <laughs> I bet somebody's totally done that. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, well, I think I already probably mentioned it. Just the, the I have a lot of self-doubt and a lot yeah. of second-guessing myself. And so I will often reconsider plots. And I I almost write my draft as like this choose-your-own-adventure sort of book. And then I have to pick a lane and put it all <laughs> So, so are you really a pantser then? Is that how it comes out? No, I try to plan and then I just, I'm wrong. 
<laughs> me too. I've never heard anybody say it that clearly. Yes, me too. Yeah, I just get there and I was wrong. It looked great yeah. on the outline and it doesn't exactly. work. Exactly, exactly. <sighs> so, so then I start rearranging post-its on the wall. Like, here's my new plan. And I write a little while on the new plan. And I'm like, no, I was wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your editor at Avon? Tessa Woodward. Oh, so I'm that's not... all fun, you know, we're two Tessas. Two Tessas. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Out of... Yeah. Oh, well, let me, let me go to the, let me go out of order then to the question then. So on the really bad self-doubt days, on the days uh -huh. where you just have those really dark, I, I'm a sham, I can never do this again. What do you do on those days? Do you have any? Well, it's very nice now to have an office with a co-writer, yeah. not a co-writer, but a colleague there. So at least when we have those days, we can try to prop each other up. Good point. <laughs> and, um, and it really, it really is, um, makes a big big difference and I probably drive her crazy um a lot and or you know other friends that I call on the phone or text or chat with like as they get through every book I burn through every one of my friendships <laughs> by talking to them until like till they just get sick of it like okay Tessa I've heard this book in five different versions and I'm so confused I can't even help you anymore um so, you know, if you want to be on that list. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my phone number. <laughs> that, that is a good friend, though, who will listen. That's the only way you can get through it. People who understand, not just yeah. friends real in other life, because those are wonderful as well. But a writer friend is really, I think, the only person who can truly understand. Yes. I have a couple of girlfriends and we sit down regularly and we'll say, well, I'm not, I'm not writing anymore. I, I quit. And, mm -hmm. and they'll be like, okay, so what's the book about? You know? Yeah, exactly. but, but we really mean it when we say it, Yeah. <laughs> but they right. know, they know it's not true. So great answer. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Well, I, the forest app is a great one. I yes. That's fantastic. Uh, that's my little practical tip. And I think in more general terms, I was just talking with somebody this morning and we were talking about how we feel like very weird people, which I mean, I don't think that's a, mis, um, a misperception. <laughs> I think I am a very weird person. Um, and so, you know, our books come out kind of weird. And I, I was saying, I just think it's really important to be authentic and be yourself in your writing, because even if you feel a little quirky or, um, or, not uh, not the standard voice for the genre. Mm -hmm. um, I I really think if you lean into that and be yourself and be authentic with your emotions and with your, um, you really have to put yourself on the page and that's what readers respond to. I definitely feel that there was a turning point in my own career where I started to just sort of um, write the kind of heroines that had all my own fears and insecurities instead of trying to write uh, the aspirational character mm -hmm. who is older than I am or um, more adventurous than I am. Uh, I wrote, you started writing heroines with all these little nerdy interests and, and you got flustered around cute guys and had a, a blend of belief in themselves and also insecurities. And yeah. that's when my career really actually started to take off. So I, I'm all about encouraging people to be authentic and to not worry about whether, um, 
really that's this I don't know, maybe you find the same. It's just the most validating thing when you put something really personal personal about yourself on the page and then somebody loves that book. It's it's isn't that a wonderful feeling? When they say, I feel uh, like you wrote this for me. Yes, and that's the other thing. There's somebody out there you can't write the book that will please everybody. Books right. are not toasters. Like they don't right. work out of the box for everyone. And that's the wonderful thing about reading. That's what makes it so personal. But it's also it's a little bit frustrating as a person who writes books because you know you're never going to please everybody. But mm -hmm. I try to focus on that one person. Somewhere there's somebody who's sitting in a hospital waiting room or on a long flight or you know, picking up a book during nap time or whatever the case may be. And they just really need this particular book. And I try to think about that person when I get really in the weeds. I love that. And I, and I, and I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'll, I'll also get caught up in the must write 16 books this year and, and, you know, be trying to think of the next big blockbuster. And then I'll, and then I'll always come back to, I have to write the book that I want to read, the one that yes. I'm looking for. And it sounds yes. trite and cliched, but I really do think what would Rachel want to read if I walked in the bookstore? What would thrill right. me the most to find? Yes. So yes. doing that Absolutely. authentically, like you said. And plus, even with, sorry, go no, ahead. No, uh, oh, I, I was just going to say what, to what you said about um, being that authentic, quirky, weird self. Um, it's that little surprise that keeps us reading, right? Like not, not surprise twists on the page, but actual surprise word combinations where they kind of light up and excite your brain and and you think oh god that's so funny I wouldn't have thought to say it that way or you know what Aww. what's going to happen next and you do that all the time oh so what were, you, what were you going to say though I interrupted you uh oh I was just the idea of, of thinking what would I want to read when I get lost in this in the plot maze of a book I I try to pull back and say the same thing like mm. if I read this blurb on the back of a book what am I picking up the book hoping to read and mm -hmm. and sometimes that helps get me back on track that's huge that's really good advice I'm I'm filing that one away because that's that'd be really helpful because I forget that all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've started like putting my blurb at the top of my document. So smart. Pull the book because to just kind of like re read it again at the time so when I smart. sit down to write because try to because it's so easy to get lost in all those little you know. But really, what the reader is there for is those big emotional moments. Yeah. They don't really care exactly how you work out the kidnapping necessarily. Exactly. I mean, somebody does. So, well, there's always somebody who does, you know. When it's me, I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Even if I think, like, well, the horse wouldn't have gone that way, I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's no, a book. No. Just give me the kiss when they reunite, right? <laughs> like, that's what I'm reading yeah. for. Um, speaking of books, what is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? You know, I have been listening to a lot of my books. That counts. That's reading. And I have really gotten into audiobooks because my, my son moved to a different school this year. And it's a school that's kind of a little bit of a drive away. That's mm -hmm. another reason that the having the office closer to the uh, school worked out. So I don't have to drive back and forth. Good twice. idea. Yeah. And um, we listen to audiobooks on the, to, to take the drive. So it's like an hour a day. And he's never been a big reader. And so he has read more books through his ears this year than I think he has in probably, you know, all of elementary school. That's on fantastic. Own, yeah, he's a, I'm spending so much money on Audible. It's really a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good problem to have. 
we need to get you hooked up to the library because I'm not this anymore. Um, so, yeah. so I've been listening. I've kind of gotten hooked on the listening myself. And so I, um, I was thinking of a few books that I have listened to. Right now, I am about two-thirds of the way through. Um, I'm, I got behind on Beverly Jenkins, so I'm going back to the beginning of her recent series because I never read the first one, and it's, it's forbidden. And the whole series is set in uh, – it's a historical, but it's set in post-Civil War Nevada. Ooh. In a small town, and I'm, I'm loving the historical setting because it's such a different – um, so she writes about eras in, in African-American history, particularly. And so this town has a, has a lot of, um, free black residents who are, um, setting, you know, a new life for themselves. And a hero, heroine Edie has been on her way from Denver to California to set up a restaurant. And she, uh, through mishaps, get stuck in this little town in, in Nevada and the hero I love. Oh my gosh. He's um, amazing hero. His name's Ryan and he is actually biracial, but he passes for white so that he can, because he thinks this is the way he can um, mm. help his, uh, the race more mm -hmm. as, as being a figure in the town who's able to have that influence. And so it's just a really, um, and he actually has a fiance who is the daughter of a, a big week in the town. And, but he starts to fall in love with this woman who kind of, uh, fell into his, uh, wagons. This <laughs> sounds wonderful. I love really, really enjoying it. I love it. I love Beverly um, Jenkins and I love a Western. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm it's in. like a different kind of Western. Yeah. The cowboy thing hasn't ever like been my jam so much, but this, the idea of people who, get to strike out and just make a whole new life, yeah. a whole new town, a whole new, that's just really fascinating to me because those are always have to be really strong characters, mm -hmm. right? The bravery to do that is just, um, it's amazing to me. And it, as somebody who lives in the American West, I, I think a lot about how that has molded sort of the, the culture around us. I don't, I don't know. It's just sort of the absolutely relative. Yeah. Even now, I will, I'll be driving and I'll look up into the hills and I'll think, my God, my, my smart car could not go over those hills. Like, how did they get right, a freaking right. buggy with, like, with yeah, wooden wheels? Right, exactly. <laughs> and who would do that? These people would all do that. Oregon Trail. All know. of us. Exactly. How difficult it was. I stood on it last year. baby. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to take that chance? Yeah. So the characters are really strong and really, awesome. um, so that's why I, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to read the rest of the series. That is going on my list. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> and now tell us about yourself and your latest book is The Duchess Deal, right? Yes. Which is on my that Kindle. Was... I haven't read it yet, but I can't wait. And then the second book comes out later this year? Yes, it okay. does. It comes out in August again. That's The Governess Game. So The Duchess the Duchess Deal was the first book in a series called Girl Meets Duke. And so, again, I've got my usual sort of un, uh, atypical heroines Yay. with their <laughs> <laughs> different backgrounds. And then, um, you know, and the cute 
Dukes. I, I can't get enough of it. I mean, they're not all Dukes proper, but uh, the first one. But in their hearts, yeah, in our hearts. Right. Or that they're going to be yeah. at some point. Yeah. You know, my, the second hero is an heir to a Duke, so, you know. Um, and, uh, and each book, they encounter one another. They have a meet cute that's that really sort of shakes them both up and sets their lives off in a different way. So for example, in the Duchess Steel, the heroine is a seamstress who she was a vicar's daughter and she had a falling out with her father and she left home in disgrace, has never been back. And she um, is working as a seamstress. She sewed the wedding dress for this woman who was going to marry a duke. Well, the duke came back from Waterloo with a lot of injuries and scars, and the marriage, the wedding and uh, plans broke off, and my heroine never got paid for the dress. So she sent... Love it. <laughs> so, like, this is what she's about. She's got to eat. She's got to <laughs> pay her rent. So she has sent notes and bills to no... Uh, avail. And so she finally decides she's going to give him a way that he cannot um, ignore her. So she puts on the dress and she just strolls up to his door and is like, I need to get paid for this. <laughs> and at the very same time, he's been sitting in his office writing a letter to his lawyers like, oh, God, I have to get married, so, you know, find somebody willing to marry this guy who's cranky and scarred and never leaves the house and she just walks in she's in a wedding dress she's pretty she's you know ostensibly a gentleman's daughter even though she's now working as a seamstress he's like hey um well I could pay you for the dress I guess or I could marry you you know which do you want and she takes the money for the dress and leaves <laughs> okay girl that just went to the top of my Kindle pile oh my god God, that is wonderful. Yeah, book kind of starts in some way like that. <laughs> a chance encounter. That's wonderful. I'm always a sucker too for a vicar's daughter. Anything oh, about yeah. sewing, I'm just I'm I'm 100 percent in. Thank oh, and where right. where can right. where can we find I you? I did well with the sewing because I can't craft at all. So <laughs> you can let me know. You would have already heard. You would have already oh, heard okay. if you got it wrong. All right. All right. <laughs> tell you my most embarrassing if not yes my most embarrassing moment slash typo as an Please. author another book romancing the duke when you said so it made me think of it i loved somehow, romancing the duke but i don't remember through somehow through my endless drafts my editor the copy editor and the proofreaders in the final book it says so his wild oats with an oh. S-E-W. Twice in the same scene. That's horrible. It is horrible. It's so bad. And the very day it came out, I had people <gasps> emailing me. And I was just, oh, I had to do this big mea culpa. And I was so embarrassed. And I know. I of course know you better. do. Of course you do. Oh. And I don't know how it got past all of us. It was just so frustrating. I have a worse one. I have oh, a, um, it, yes, oh, yes. Please. In my first, better. in my very first book, um, through everything, like through both American and we sold it separately to, to Random House. So, um, Random House was eventually the ones who caught it, but through, you know, editor, copy editor, proofreader, everybody, um, missed that. 
there was a dog who's actually my dog who's asleep right there on the couch. Um, it, she's an old dog uh, in a car that goes over a cliff and crashes. Oh, and no. don't kill the dog. Don't kill oh, Clara. No. Um, yeah. So so in the uh, the New Zealand version, I said, you know, she get, Abby gets her out of the truck and ties her to a tree. She's fine. Um, but But I still get email almost on a daily basis from people who are furious about the dog, the dog and how you know and I made Clara a web page a page that says I'm fine Abby got me out of the truck here I am I'm actually Rachel's dog like hey, we yeah, all sure. missed Here's it <laughs> exactly. well dogs you know they they're resilient they've <laughs> survived worse exactly. I, I I mean that at least doesn't make you look well yeah yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Clara than the cell. I almost killed a dog in a book, and my editor talked me out of it. Yeah. I wrote a very, very old dog in one of my books that the hero was taking care of for his brother, and he was just kind of like trying to keep it alive until his brother came home. He was going to have it die because my own dog was old and dying at the time, and so it was kind of a way to process that um but my editor talked me out of having him die so your, he doesn't die in the book your readers would have hated you as a fellow oh, writer i would have loved you because every time anybody kills a book in a, a, an animal in a book i'm like damn that is daring uh, <laughs> even though he was old and, and he would have gone peacefully she's still <laughs> don't kill the dog but my all my own dog Actually, the weekend I was doing the copy of it on the book. Okay. That's awesome. on a sad note. Well, tell us where we can find you online. Um, I have a website, tessadare.com. I am mostly at, the most active on Twitter, at tessadare, all one word. I have Facebook, but that's generally just sort of announcements. I have a page at uh, facebook.com slash author. I have an Instagram that only my assistant posts. <laughs> I will be completely honest. Like I barely know how to log in, but it is Tessa underscore Dare, and you know, just email, of course. Perfect. Well, thank you so so much for taking time out of your day to do this with me. I'm such a huge fan, and you've just made this writer's absolute day. And I know you're going to make so it many of the listeners. Well, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to tell. Thank you, Tessa. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.